To listen to all 150 episodes of the Game Central podcast, visit gamebanter.co.uk. Hello everybody and welcome to a special one-off podcast here on the Game Central podcast feed. Now, I'm your host Gareth. You may be saying to yourself, uh, excuse me Gareth, this is a video game podcast? Um, What the fuck is this shit? Uh, To which I say to you, um, this year in my opinion has been a pretty dog shit year for games. Um, I think my game of the year would be Hitman 3. By default, um, it's hard to really think of another game I really enjoyed this year. And looking at top 10 uh, game of the year lists, uh, it's like, ugh, what an awful year for games. Now, I did do a top five games of the year for last year, but last year was a fucking banger year. Fucking Last of Us Part 2, fucking Final Fantasy 7 Remake, fucking Hades. These are games that revolutionized a lot of things um you know last of us 2 revolutionized storytelling in games in my opinion final fantasy 7 remake the soundtrack is the best that's ever been put in a game in my opinion and the boss battles in that game are fucking fantastic to the point where when you're playing a boss battle in another game now you're like final fantasy 7 kind of ruined boss battles for me now because <laughs> this this they've showed me what boss battles can feel like um, and hades just took the roguelike genre and said everybody's been doing it wrong this is how you do it to the point where if another roguelike comes out in future they have to at least try and do what Hades did otherwise they'll just look like idiots you know so that was 2020 a very influential year in games 2021 um, I don't know Psychonauts fans got a sequel I guess there's like nothing else that came out so I was here I've got some days off before Christmas and I was thinking I want to make something because it's good to be creative I haven't done a big or long list in a while I miss that uh, from the podcast days so why not rank the MCU um, I'm a big Marvel fan as is probably evident from hearing me talk or following me on Twitter you probably see it quite a lot Um I understand that's not for everyone, so, well, people it's not for aren't listening to this, so that's not really an issue. Um, But I am the person who has seen everything in the MCU. Every film, every show, every episode of every show, Um, so there will be spoilers in this list. None none right now, (laughs) but they are going to come up. so how will I be ranking these? So I've got a list in front of me of all the movies and I've got in my head all the shows as well and where they're going to go um, and I'm just going to be putting them on a list. So as everyone knows, Iron Man was the first MCU film to come out. So as soon as Iron Man goes on the list, it's automatically the best and worst MCU film, right? Is the way I'm doing this list. Then I'll add another film on 
which the second film is The Incredible Hulk. Spoilers for this list, that's going to go below Iron Man. So if you're just looking at the first two on the list, Iron Man is the best ever made and Hulk is the worst ever made, right? And we're going on from there, adding things onto the list. Um, I've never done this before. I know a lot of people will, after a film comes out, they'll be like, oh, it's in my, definitely in my top five MCU movies. But I've never really done a ranking before. I know which ones I love and which ones I'm less excited about, but I'm I've never been like, that is my favorite MCU movie. This one is top three, you know, nothing like that. So this is just something I thought I would do. It's Christmas time. People like Marvel, including me, so let's just have some fun. I've got my hot chocolate next to me. Let's have a sip. Mmm, chocolatey. Um, and yeah, so there will be spoilers in this list. So if you've seen everything in the MCU, like me, you've got no fears. Um, let's say you have pretty much caught up on the MCU. You're like, eh, I've seen most, like 90% of it. I haven't seen Eternals or, or I haven't watched Loki yet, but I'm not that arsed about them, so whatever. That's fine, but I will probably be spoiling those. Um, I'll maybe, there's a chance I'll spoil everything. Like if you've not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, then I may spoil that instantly, who knows? So just be aware, if there's something in the MCU, that you haven't seen yet, that you don't want any spoilers for, treat this podcast like it's radioactive and stay away from it until you're all caught up. But then when you are caught up, come back in, join me, hear what I have to say. Um, if you disagree with me, which let's be honest, you're gonna, uh, <laughs> feel free, come at me on Twitter. I am at Game Banter, all one word, obviously. Um, GameBanner.co.uk is the website this podcast is hosted on. I've owned it for like 10 years now. Um, I've been at GameBanner on Twitter forever. So feel free to come along, chat to me about anything Marvel. I don't give a shit if you think I'm wrong. We can talk about it. I love talking with people about things. As long as the, dis the disagreement has to be healthy. Don't go calling me a nonce just because I dislike your favorite Marvel film or whatever, right? Okay, so... I guess, with all the preamble and all the setup done, without further ado, let's get on to ranking the MCU. This is your actual very last ever chance to avoid spoilers, okay? I'm a, the biggest spoiler-phobe in the world. So maybe when I said that a minute ago, you've been fumbling around your bag for your phone, and then you picked up your phone and you forgot why you were fumbling for it, so you looked up Twitter on your phone or you checked your emails. This is your spoiler warning. After this, I may spoil anything at any time. I don't know, I don't have this planned out. So here's how I'll be doing things. I have in front of me a list of MCU stuff and a uh, open Excel document. Well, Google Sheets, but you know, same diff. And I'm just gonna be typing them over. Um, whatever rank we have at the end is where everything will fall. So phase one of the MCU, 
We're starting with Iron Man. Uh, I think Iron Man is a very good film. Uh, I don't know where it'll end up because I say I've never thought about it uh, in terms of like a grand uh, scale. But I, I think Iron Man will do well on this list. It's very good. Um, I feel like I re-watched it fairly recently. It's actually better than I remembered, so that's cool. Um, the Incredible Hulk was next. Um, for me, not a uh, not a favourite. I think this film will probably be very close to the bottom by the end. Um, I think maybe it's Ed Norton's not fault. Well, it's his performance doesn't really um, sell me on Bruce Banner anywhere close to Mark Ruffalo's. So, I think if we're talking Hulk versus Hulk, Ruffalo all the way. I think there's a good chance Incredible Hulk could be the bottom on this list for me when we get there. But let's get there. So, third on this list, Iron Man 2. It's crazy that the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man were both out in 2008. And then there's a two-year gap and then Iron Man 2 is out in 2010. Nowadays, you know, we don't go three months without a new Marvel thing, so kind of wild but so okay Iron Man 2 goes above the Incredible Hulk that's easy uh, I don't particularly rant, rant rank Ivan Vanko as a villain but Justin Hammer is amazing I I think Justin Hammer should come back and be the antagonist for maybe who's oh, that Iron Heart show is coming out right starring Tony Hark's protege I forget her name um, I think he'd be a really good villain in that. Okay, then number four, we have Thor. So, Iron Man, Iron Man 2. I think I probably put Thor above Iron Man 2. I think that's what I would do, because I think that introducing the character of Thor was very difficult. And even though, you know, it's, a, it's probably the most formulaic Marvel film in terms of tone, those humorous notes and stuff. But it introduces to Loki and Thor, and no one's complaining about that. So I think I rate Thor pretty highly. So right now, with four things on it, Iron Man is the best MCU movie. Thor is the second best. Iron Man is the third best, and The Incredible Hulk is the worst. For it. <laughs> All right. Number five, Captain America, the first Avenger. <sighs> I Captain America is my favorite Marvel character. Um, I've made no secrets of that for many a year. He's my favorite Avenger. Um, I think for me, is it the film? The thing is. The film isn't better than Iron Man is. Iron Man is a fantastic film. Captain America The First Avenger is not as good a film. So I do think it's better than Thor though. Because while Thor, uh, when you look back it, it kind of feels like sort of the origin of that Marvel formulaic. When people complain about Marvel films being formulaic, Thor would be a great template for why that is. Um, Whereas Captain America does try and do something different. And then we have number six, the final film in phase one, The Avengers. Um, okay. The Avengers is number one. 
So already dethroning Iron Man. Uh, the thing about the Avengers is, um, I think the Avengers was the first time really where the MCU started to become something that I loved. Um, I was a Star Wars kid, right? Where when I was a, a child, Star Wars was my favorite thing in the world. Um, I don't actually remember the first time I ever saw the original Star Wars trilogy. It's like it's just always been in my head. Like I've always known it. Um, so for me, The Avengers was the first time something else had sort of reached that within me of like, oh my God, this is a thing you really love. Like to that same level. Um, I mean, it's just a great film. It's such a balancing act. It's such a shame that Joss Whedon turned out to be such a piece of trash um, because that film holds up. It's fucking great. Everybody has something to do. It introduces us basically to Hawkeye and Black Widow and what they can really do. And yeah, it's fucking great. It's, it's number one on this list coming out of phase one for me. So... We're through phase one. That didn't take too long. That's not too bad. I mean, it's going to get more and more complicated as the phases get bigger, right? Phase three is a wedge of films, and I have to consider more and more films. But I think for right now, this, this list feels good. So this, so far, goes like this. From bottom to top, it's Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, Iron Man, and then Avengers. I think that's good. I'm happy with it. So, that's phase one out of the way. Nice, easy, quick. This is gonna take 20 minutes. It's gonna be super easy. I hope. Okay, moving into phase two. Um, so here's where the spoilery stuff is gonna come in, really. So if you're all caught up with the MCU, you'll have seen a certain blind lawyer turn up in Spider-Man No Way Home, which more or less confirms that the Netflix Marvel shows are canon to me. Now you could say that just proves that these characters are in the MCU, maybe their stories happen in a different timeline, we've got all the multiverse and stuff now. For the purposes of this list, I am going to assume that all the uh, Netflix shows and all the TV shows are canon, okay? So this is where it's going to get a bit fucky for some people. Um, <laughs> so let's go through the Netflix shows first. So obviously first we have Daredevil. The reason I'm putting it here, by the way, is because these shows like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. happens after Avengers because Coulson gets stabbed and then obviously he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So that's why it comes after that. The Netflix shows, they're always talking about the Battle of New York and um, they can never name people by name. Um, and obviously Agent Carter is, Agent Carter references 
Captain America pre... I mean, she's in it. <laughs> so I'm just going to sort of slot them all in. So, Netflix shows Daredevil is first. It's tough ranking a TV show against a movie. But I'm trying to think just in terms of pure quality where it would go. And for me... I don't think any of the uh, Netflix shows really reach the higher up uh, bits of the MCU. I think a lot of people rate them very highly. Me, not as highly. Not that they're bad at all, though. So, for me, I think I put Daredevil below Iron Man on my list. Um, Daredevil probably the best of the the Marvel Netflix shows. I don't think that's in doubt uh, by anyone, right? Uh, so then, Jessica Jones. Now, Jessica Jones' first season is fantastic. Second season, kind of not quite. Um, but I do think it's very good. I'm going to put Jessica Jones on my list in fifth place uh, as of right now. Um that puts it above Thor and below Captain America the First Avenger. I just don't think the show in its entirety holds up as well. But, you know, that's just me. Luke Cage. See, I really like the character of Luke Cage. And I think he's portrayed very well by Mike Kohler. Um, but I don't think his show is particularly engaging. Um... So I'm going to rank this fairly low. I think I maybe put it below Thor. Below Thor, but above Iron Man 2, I would say. No, Iron Man 2 is not terrible, as we've already discussed. There's some good stuff about it. Justin Hammer is a better antagonist than anybody in Luke Cage. Um, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put it on. So as of right now on my list, Luke Cage is one up from the bottom. It's just above The Incredible Hulk. See, that feels harsh. The problem with Luke Cage, of course, is they have a really cool bad guy at the start and then he gets killed off and replaced with not as good a bad guy. <laughs> uh, which kind of hurts it a lot. Um, Iron Fist. See, now I think the second season of Iron Fist is legitimately good a lot of people gave up on it and I understand believe me um, but I think Iron Fist season 2 is, is very good the way it ends is really exciting and it's a, such a shame it didn't get more seasons um, ending with Colleen as the Iron Fist instead of Danny Rand is inspired. I don't know if that's a comic book thing. Um, but I thought it was really good. I personally... Um, this is my personal list. I am going to put Iron Fist just above Luke Cage. I think while Luke Cage had some moments, that second season of Iron Fist was just better than season one of Luke Cage. Uh, and I know that's controversial. Again, at Game Banner on Twitter, come and tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> um, now, The Punisher is a tough one 
because the second season was kind of weird. It had some good ideas and good action. And I would love uh, John Berthal playing that character. But I don't know where it would rank. I would maybe... I don't think it's as good as Jessica Jones, just on a pure storytelling level. Even though the action is amazing. Thor... I think I'll put it between Thor and Iron Man 2. I think if you ask me, do you want to re-watch Iron Man 2? Or do you want to re-watch The Punisher? I would rather rewatch The Punisher. Um, and of course, I mean, the first season of The Punisher is kind of fucking great. It's like really brutal, um, but it's awesome. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the Netflix shows. Okay, cool. So now Agent Carter. Uh, season one of Agent Carter is great. Uh, in my... Uh, ooh, pardon me. That's the hot chocolate. Um, in my opinion, this is canon because Jarvis shows up in Endgame, and Jarvis—it's the Jarvis from Agent Carter. I, when that happened in the cinema, when you're watching Endgame and Jarvis opens the car door for um, Howard Stark, I—the loudest gas you've ever heard from me—I was so thrilled to see. James Darcy playing that role again. So, for me, Agent Carter does very well on this list. Um, see, I would maybe... I think I would maybe put it above Captain America the First Avenger. Because Captain America the First Avenger is good at introducing you to Captain America. But outside of that, it does fall into that early Marvel trap of not being... Um, its own thing enough whereas Agent Carter is very much its own thing it's really funny it's well written the action's cool she's a great character as well so I think I think I'm going to put it here I'm going to put it it will be in fourth place uh, just below Daredevil and just before Captain America uh I, I'm sorry if this is too loud of a keyboard, by the way. I have a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> right, that's Agent Carter done. Now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Kind of unfair that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on this list. However, obviously, Coulson was in the Avengers, and then he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the same character referencing things that happened. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. intersects with the movies at certain points. Um, that are really, really fun. Um, but there are seven seasons of that show. And it, it just gets better and better and better. So it's almost unfair to compare it to a lot of this stuff. However, that's what I'm doing. I put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first on this list. If you've not watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you're a Marvel fan, you've done a huge disservice to yourself. This is probably one of those things where if I had said at the very start, um, and I'll be including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a lot of you will have gone, oh, I don't care about spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's fine. That doesn't even count. Uh, <laughs> but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is legitimately one of the best things Marvel's done. It's creative, even up until its last like two episodes. 
It's super creative. It introduces its own mythology and characters. Like, I don't think I'll ever scream in a cinema until Fitz appears on screen, who is a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who starts off as this meek little scientist and his character grows and evolves in a way that it might be one of the best character evolutions I've ever seen in any TV show. Season 4 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is perfect. It's three separate stories that all feed into each other perfectly. It's like three seasons of a TV show. It's basically... God, I'm gushing. Um, <laughs> season 4 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like a comic book. It's the most like a comic book of any season of TV you've ever seen. There's a clear villain in the first third... And then in defeating that villain, a new threat appears. And then when they start to deal with that, it results in a final threat, which is the sort of the main threat that it's been building up to, right? And it's weaved together so perfectly, you don't even really notice at the time. But it's fucking awesome. It's got so many comic book things in it that are, you know, I, I actually won't say what they are, um, but it's so fucking awesome. If you go into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. knowing nothing about it, you will have an amazing time. Now, granted, the first season is difficult to get through, right? It's kind of slow. It's got a real, like, you know, monster of the week type thing where it's like, okay, here's this thing. Let's go and deal with that. Okay, here's this thing. Let's go and deal with that. Because they're spinning their wheels, right? They're, they have to catch up to the Winter Soldier storyline in order for things to become interesting. When they do, obviously Winter Soldier, as you well know, is find out that Hydra has been within S.H.I.E.L.D. all along. And this is a show about S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So when you were watching it the first time, you are like, oh, it's a little bit dull. A little bit. And then when it gets to that point, it's like, oh my God, th this show was something else until this point and now it's something completely different it was like I want to say they planned it that way where it was like let's have the first I don't know 16 episodes be like a really almost boring show and then when it hits Winter Soldier it's like okay that wasn't actually the show That now we're making the actual show that you wanted to see um Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is fucking fantastic. It gets better and better as time goes on. It's one of the better TV shows that I've seen, and it just happens to also be in the MCU, in my opinion. Um, so for me, that's why Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. takes the top spot so far going into Phase 2. So now, with the TV shows out of the way, let's go on to the films of Phase 2, starting with Iron Man 3. Um... Iron Man 3 is a tough one because I do like it. I like that final action sequence with all the Iron Man armors flying around is really, really good. Um, the problem is kind of the rest of it is a bit slow. I love that they bring that kid actor back for Tony's funeral and endgame. It makes me think hopefully we'll see him again because that would be... I would love that if that kid was now, like I don't know, working for Stark. Uh, actually, he's stuck. 
he started getting like dissolved in Spider-Man No Way Home because Peter got it into a bunch of trouble. I don't quite... I don't know if they mention the specifics of what's happening to Stark Industries in No Way Home, but hopefully it's still around. Uh, but that kid's a good little actor. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is on fire in the film, as he can't help but be. And it's a really good action sequence at the end, but what they do with the Mandarin is less than cool. Um, Okay, so looking at my list, I think Iron Man 3 is probably below Jessica Jones, but above Thor. I think that feels pretty good. Hmm, if you said to me, do you want to rewatch Thor or Iron Man 3? I'd definitely rather rewatch Iron Man 3, yeah. But Jessica Jones is just better than Iron Man 3, I think that's fair to say. Um, Thor The Dark World. Um, see, now I don't hate this film as much as a lot of people. It's not going to be high on my list. You know, let's not be crazy. In fact, just suggesting that made me need a swig of this hot chocolate to wash the taste out of my mouth. Um, but I think that final action sequence in this film is actually really, really good. I think if you go back and watch it, you'll be pleasantly surprised. It tracks really well. You can follow where everything's going on. The way the hammer is like constantly just trying to get back to Thor and it can't quite do it is really fun. Uh, and the Loki stuff, as always, is amazing. When he turned into Captain America in that hallway for a brief moment, um, it's still just a joy to watch. And it's great that they call back to it in Endgame. In multiple ways, um, I fucking love that. But I think you can't really ignore how consequential the rest of the film is. Weird that it introduces us to an Infinity Stone, though. Therefore, becomes very important. And I I'm glad that they revisit it in Endgame because it it is uh, in many ways it's very important in Thor's life. Right, his mom dies. This thing happens um, with the Ether. So I think Thor The Dark World, I would, I think I'm going to put it below Iron Man 2, but above Iron Fist. Um, and I know I said that I like Iron Fist Season 2 a lot, but you really can't ignore that first season of Iron Fist. It really drags down the average a lot. It's tough to get through. And I... I do think it's worth getting through to get to the second season, but Thor The Dark World, below Iron Man 2 and above Iron Fist, I feel okay with that. I think that feels good. So Captain America The Winter Soldier, I'll tell you right now, I'm looking at the top of this list. <laughs> Captain America The Winter Soldier was a long time for me, my favourite MCU film. Um, I, I've, as I've said obviously I love Captain America as a character this film paints him in such an interesting light you know Captain America could easily be did I just say Captain America? Captain America could easily be compared to like Superman in terms of bland goody two shoes boy scout who just does the good thing all the time and he's perfect I mean 
from the start he's not that because he was killing Nazis in World War II which puts him immediately in like a different camp but this film really said no no this this character who wears the red white and blue there's actually some grey in there see it's it's colour play uh, <laughs> it's a really great uh, Black Widow film as well just a really good story plus the way it just it defibrillates Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to becoming the actual show that it was always supposed to be is really important for me um, I see so the top of this list right now the top three is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The Avengers and Iron Man I think so Winter Soldier is definitely above Iron Man without question is it better than The Avengers though The Avengers kind of gave me the love. But The Winter Soldier sort of shows you what Marvel films could be, right? They don't have to always be this this same sort of tone. Because Iron Man 3 deals with sort of PTSD. And Thor The Dark World doesn't really deal with anything. Uh, so it kind of is the first film that says, hey, these Marvel films don't have to feel formulaic. You can watch them and feel like you're watching something more, something deeper than that. So I think I do put it above the Avengers for me. So I'm gonna just uh the winter soldier. Well, I spelled that wrong. Shit. At least I'm not recording this. Captain America The Winter Soldier goes second in the MCU just below Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just above the Avengers uh, next is Guardians of the Galaxy now I know a lot of people rank Guardians of the Galaxy incredibly highly uh, I really like it as well I don't think I put it as highly as some other people but I rate it very highly as well um, what a great cast hilarious film it, it does such a good job of such an impossible task, right? So many characters it has to introduce you to. You have to care about them. Somehow you care about a tree. He says three words by the end of this film. And it manages to make you do that effortlessly. It's so good. So where does it go on my list? Um, okay, let's see. Actually, you know, I'm looking at this. I just said I don't think I put it as highly as others, but I'm looking at this list and I'm seeing films that go below it as I'm scrolling up. Oh, I'm kind of thinking it goes just below Iron Man, you know, putting it in top five for now. Above Daredevil, below Iron Man. So, what I'm struggling with is, does it go above Iron Man? I think it definitely, at least for me, goes above Daredevil. So Daredevil is currently number five on this list. So that would mean Guardians of the Galaxy will be fifth, with Iron Man just above it. I see now. <laughs> I do like Iron Man a lot, but 
Would I rather watch Iron Man or watch Guardians of the Galaxy? Although that first one, it is like an origin story for everyone. So it's, I love those characters, but they're kind of at their least interesting in here, right? If they were their full on thing in this movie, it actually wouldn't work. Like if Drax was full on crazy person in this film, it would you wouldn't buy into his character at all. So it kind of has to be more subdued of a film. Whereas Iron Man from the start is sort of firing on all cylinders, right? Yeah, I think it's just below Iron Man. Again, not that it isn't fucking fantastic. Guardians of Galaxy. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Fifth place, just above Daredevil, just below Iron Man. Um, second to final film in phase two, Avengers Age of Ultron. This is a film that's aged very well. As we've learned more about Vision and Wanda, seeing where they start uh, is really cool. There's a lot of great Hawkeye moments in this film. Everyone gets something to do that's cool. Um, I think this was... This is one of those films that a lot of people underrate, in my opinion. Uh, I think going back... Um, in the What If series that just came out and seeing uh, what Ultron could have maybe done if he had won has made people sort of look back and be like oh Ultron's pretty cool it's a shame we uh, we defeated that bad guy so a <sighs> Avengers Age of Ultron does a lot of things really well it just has that problem it just feels inconsequential, even though what's at stake is the fate of the Earth. But I think for what it does in introducing us to Wanda and Pietro, rest in peace. I think it... I don't think it's as bad as people think, so let me look at this list. Okay. Definitely higher than Captain America, the first Avenger. But is it better than Agent Carter or Daredevil? I don't think so. And I mean, these are shows that I love, so it's not a knock. Maybe better than Agent Carter. Agent Carter's, Agent Carter's second season is it's not bad, but it does drag it down just a tad, just a teensy bit. So I am going to put it just above Ancient Car, and I mean just above. Oh my god, I cannot spell when the chips are down. Ultron. So that will be uh, Age of Ultron currently 7th on this list. Between Daredevil and Ancient Carter. Um, still in top 10 for now. Yeah, not bad, not a bad place to be at all. Uh, and then the final film in phase two was Ant-Man. Now I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is the most charming individual on the planet. Uh, I cannot say enough nice things about Paul Rudd. Luckily in the past like 15 years, everybody else has slowly realized that as well. He's the sexiest man alive right now, apparently. Not that I'm disagreeing, but 
was a nice little surprise to me. Um, one of the ways I made a friend of mine was through bonding over a shared love for Paul Rudd, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think he's great in Ant-Man. I think the story of Ant-Man is really cool as well. Obviously, it's going to eventually set up Endgame. So Ant-Man is like an integral part of this universe. And what the MCU really starts to do at this point, really, is make every new character coming in feel like an integral part of this universe. Which is important, because the first time you see uh, like Captain America, the first Avenger, you're like, eh, seems alright. But you don't really get that sense that he will be integral. You get that now. But at the time, you didn't really feel that. Um... And I think it, maybe you didn't get that at the time Ant-Man first came out as well, but now looking back you do. So I wonder if, if that'll factor in. So while I love Paul Rudd, I don't necessarily love Ant-Man. I think it's very good because there are no bad MCU films. But where does it fall on this list? Immediately I'm looking at Iron Man 3 and I'm thinking Ant-Man was just a bit better than you. And I think Jessica Jones... So right now, number 10 on this list is Jessica Jones and Iron Man 3 is at number 11. I think it goes between those. I think it pushes everything down to become number 11 on this list. Uh, it's not better than Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is a fantastic character um, and Scott Lang is really good, but uh, there's not as much depth to him. And this movie, it is not as good as Jessica Jones, especially season one of Jessica Jones. So that, yeah. I think I'll do for that. Ant-Man goes at number 11. So that's the end of phase two. How long did that take? Let me check. Oh, that took 27 minutes. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, no. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. So as of right now, coming out of phase two, this is how the list looks. In first place is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Second place, Winter Soldier. Third place, The Avengers. Fourth place, Iron Man. Fifth place, Guardians of the Galaxy. Sixth place, Daredevil. Seventh place, Avengers Age of Ultron. Eighth place, Agent Carter. Ninth place, Captain America, The First Avenger. Tenth place, Jessica Jones. Eleventh place, Ant-Man. Twelfth place, Iron Man 3. Thirteenth is Thor. Fourteenth, The Punisher. Fifteenth, Iron Man 2. 16th, Thor The Dark World, 17th is Iron Fist, 18th is Luke Cage, and 19th is The Incredible Hulk. That's coming out of Phase 2. Uh, I feel pretty good about this list so far. I think if people um, haven't seen all the TV shows, then you maybe can't really form an opinion on that, but I think they're all worth watching. Uh, not even counting the ones that are on at the moment, which we will obviously talk about soon. Um, if you're surprised that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the first on this list so far, watch it and then tell me it ain't. It's fucking really good. Um, I feel good about this. I think there'll be some, maybe, people who disagree that I should put the uh, the TV shows in here as well. But No Way Home shows us Matt Burdock. It's just in the MCU. And... Uh, Episode 5 of Hawkeye shows us Wilson Fisk is in the MCU. So, you know, I think it's pretty clear cut that those Netflix shows are canon. And Agent Carter was canon. 
because we see the same character who plays Jarvis in that show play Jarvis in Endgame, and obviously it's Peggy Carter. And also, if you've not seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a character from Agent Carter appears in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. So it all wraps up nicely in a bow where it's, it can all be considered canon, in my opinion. Who is the only opinion that matters for this? So that's it. Coming out of Phase 2, let's go into Phase 3. Moving in to Marvel Phase 3, it starts with a fucking bang, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so Marvel Phase 3, um, the first film is Captain America Civil War. Um, oh god, where does this go? So, right, arguably just an Avengers film, right? I don't think anyone's disputing that. You have the Avengers all versus each other. The fact that it's a Captain America movie is kind of a stretch. Uh, I mean, I love Captain America, but even I think it's a bit like, really? Captain America Civil War? Um, I mean, the ending really factors into that. Rounding off Bucky's whole sort of story from being the Winter Soldier to trying to come out of it to having to face up to his grossest act, um, arguably which is the murder of Tony Stark's parents. Um, I mean, it's a fantastic film. The introduction of Spider-Man to the MCU, which is still probably one of my favourite scenes in the MCU, where Tony Stark meets Peter Parker for the first time. So charming, so much chemistry. I fucking love it so much. Um, it's, it's so sad to think that in phase three, they meet and Tony will die. But Oh uh, well. Um, so Captain America Civil War. Where are you going to go in this ranking? Um, I'm looking at the very top, obviously, because I love this film. So much cool shit in this film. Ant-Man going giant. Ant-Man riding on Hawkeye's arrow. Uh, Vision accidentally hitting Rhodes um, because he's distracted because of Wanda and he's starting to get feelings for her the very beginning action sequence where Wanda accidentally blows up uh, the Wakandan emiss emissary is that the right word um, oh man what a film I think it so it's definitely for me now that I'm looking, going at least above Captain America the Winter Soldier. Which is second on this list. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have got this Fanta. I got... <laughs> my mouth was really dry after the last bit of talking. So I got a Fanta to like dry, uh, wet my mouth up a bit. And now I'm just burping loads. So I apologise. 
uh, anyone out there who doesn't like that. Um, it definitely goes at least in second place on this list for me. But does it go above Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <sighs> I mean, I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... I don't know if anything that happens in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. made me feel the way Captain America Civil War did. Seeing Spider-Man for the first time... Oh, man. Yeah, it's going up top. It's going up top. So that's going to be our new first place for now. Captain America Civil War... I I feel bad pushing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. low, lower down than first. But, I mean, I don't think it was ever going to stay first, knowing what's coming up. Uh, not that it isn't obviously amazing, but Captain America Civil War. Oh, man, I, thinking about that film makes me want to watch it right now. That's how good of a film it is. <laughs> it's good as well because it's not just those action sequences in the airport. Or Tony Stark versus the Winter Soldier and Captain America at the end. It's all the actual... It makes you look back at the previous phases of the MCU and think about everything that's happened. It's, it makes... Basically what it does, it's such an intelligent film. It forces you to be nostalgic about phase one and two. It makes you look back at everything that's happened and think about it in a, in a new way. You have to think how many civilians did die, you know, how much property destruction did happen. Um, whilst you're watching this film. Uh, it's so clever. It's that Anyway, I want to watch that film right now, but I can't because I'm doing this. Captain America Civil War is our new first place, pushing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. down to second. Uh, so for anyone keeping score, the top th uh, three is now Captain America Civil War in first, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in second, and Captain America the Winter Soldier in third. Remember, this is my list, not yours. <laughs> this is just what I think. Uh, so now, moving on to Doctor Strange. Um, what a tough job this movie had. This is similar to that um, Guardians of the Galaxy thing where it had to take something that was such a foreign concept and bring it in in such a way that it not only made sense but it fed into the rest of this world as well, which it arguably shouldn't, right? <laughs> you just all of a sudden start introducing magic. It's kind of nuts. But it works, it really does. Uh, I'm not the biggest Benedict Cumberbatch fan in a lot of his things, but I think he's really good as Doctor Strange. Um, I, I, I also think visually it's a very cool film. I mean, all the Mirror Dimension stuff, obviously, which has just returned in Spider-Man No Way Home, is just amazing. I just don't know where it's going to go on this list of MCU things. So let's see. I'm looking around the middle. I see Captain America the First Avenger. Doctor Strange is higher than that. Definitely. Let's go up a little bit. Avengers Age of Ultron. Huh. I think I maybe put it below... Age of Ultron, you know. I think it's, it's it is really good, and it gets us the Time Stone. But when I'm thinking about it, Age of Ultron, just gives us so much more. It gives us Wonder, and it gives us Vision and Vision. 
is arguably like the best character Marvel have ever had in terms of complexity, in terms of writing and delivery. Paul Bettany's performance as Vision is just... It breaks your heart every time because he's so good. So I think it goes below Age of Ultron. Does it go above Agent Carter? I think it probably does. In terms of what it's bringing to the universe, I think it's... I think it's bigger than Agent Carter is. Um, not that that's a soul... You know, it's above Ant-Man, and Ant-Man brings us the way they save the universe, so it's not purely, <laughs> you know, better. But um, I think that's a good place for it. So it's going to go on my list just below Age of Ultron and above Agent Carter. I feel pretty good about that. It could very well be somewhere very different on a different day. That's where it is right now. Um, the next film, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Hmm. I don't like it as much as the first film. I love Mantis as a character, and we do get her in this film. Um, but I, I don't know, I, see I like the, the thing is I like the story of this film. Uh, I think more than the first one. I think the plot of this one of like Peter Quill's father and him being a celestial, all very cool and really feed into that universe, but it just doesn't feel as good. I think, you know, part of the magic trick of that first Guardians is introducing to all these characters and they're all so quirky. But when you know them all, it's less fun to see them all again, right? Because you already know all the quirks. I mean, it's good, don't get me wrong, it's fucking good, right? I th I just think it's... I think it's middle of the pack. I think it's probably... for my money... just... so I'm looking here on my list at around 10th, so I just pushed Agent Carter down underneath Doctor Strange. So number 10 is Agent Carter, number 11 is Captain America the First Avenger. I'm thinking Guardians of the Galaxy 2 could be around here. I don't know, you know. Bit lower. Just below First Avenger is Jessica Jones. I think it's worse than Jessica Jones, you know. Just below Jessica Jones is Ant-Man. Again, I love Paul Rudd, but I... I think... Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is probably better than Ant-Man. I think that's where I'll stick it. I think Jessica Jones is more interesting than Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is probably a better film than Ant-Man. Um, yeah, that feels like a good place for it. Let me have a sip of this one. I, again, apologise if this makes me burpy. But my mouth's getting pretty dry from all this chatting. And I know I could get water, but it's Christmas, you know? I'm going to treat myself. Spider-Man <laughs> Spider Homecoming is a great film. I'm a big fan of Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, there's a lot of really cool moments in it. That moment where Peter knocks on the door and Michael Keaton opens it is 
one of the most fun moments I've ever experienced in a cinema. So much fun. Nobody saw it coming. And then when it hit, it just blew everyone away. I fucking loved that. Um, it's got really good action. Obviously, Tom Holland is unbelievably charming as Spider-Man. Um, so where does it go on this list? Doctor Strange is definitely above Doctor Strange. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, I think it probably goes above A Avengers Age of Ultron. Daredevil. Oh, see that? I can't see it going above Daredevil. Above Daredevil is Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, the Avengers. It's it's a really fun and good film, but I don't think it hangs quite there. I'm going to put it below Daredevil, um, which is going to put it just above Avengers Age of Ultron in this list. Um, I think that, that feels about right. It's still top 10 as of right now, but it's not, you know... It's not getting past your Daredevils, your Guardians of the Galaxies ones. Um, but no, that, that feels good. Spider-Man Homecoming at number 8. Um, number 17. The... Oh God, 1, 2, 3, 4. The fifth film in Phase 3, Thor Ragnarok. I love this film. I think I probably love it more than a lot of people do, actually. I think this is some of our best Bruce Banner. Mark Ruffalo. This is the kind of thing where, you know, maybe at the time you saw The Incredible Hulk and you were like, wow, Edward Norton's a really great uh, Bruce Banner. But then looking back now, when you've seen Mark Ruffalo in this role for so long, there's no way you can still think that way, right? Mark Ruffalo in Thor Ragnarok is an absolute delight. His, his Hulk is way better. Thor is the best he's ever been. We get introduced to Valkyrie, who's a fucking awesome character. We get Loki back. There's a fucking Matt Damon cameo. Taika Waititi directs the shit out of this film. He's got an amazing bad guy. Hella's fucking cool, man. God, this film, this film fucking rules. Okay, Thor Ragnarok. I'm going high. I'm going high. Oh, you know what? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about Captain America the Winter Soldier here, which is currently third on this list. I'm thinking Thor Ragnarok goes ahead of it. The Winter Soldier, it, it's a very different feeling film. It's hard to compare the two. Um, but I think for where the characters have been, I think Thor Ragnarok it means a lot more, right? Like, Thor has become... The character Thor is in Thor Ragnarok. People have complained that, like, oh, he's like a different character now. I think we have seen that evolution. The more he's hung out with humans, and, by the way, one of those humans was Tony Stark, the most sarcastic motherfucker around. So, of course, he's picked some of that up. He's clearly very fond of all his fellow Avengers. It just makes sense to me. Um... I love the evolution of that character. I'm going to put Thor Ragnarok above Captain America the Winter Soldier on this list. So that makes it number three as of right now. 
I fucking love that film. It's just endless. When you watch that film, it's just endlessly enjoyable. Jeff Goldblum is amazing in it. Oh, Jeff Goldblum's so good in that film. I. God, this is another one of his films. Now that I've just read its title and I'm thinking about it, I just want to watch it right now. But I can't. Because I have to do this. Um, oh, I fucking loved it. Right. Next on this list is Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther's kind of. Kind of tough to look back on now, now that we've lost Chadwick Boseman. It, it, it feels so weird to have him gone. Like, this character was amazing. Another character that Civil War gave us over Spider-Man, you know. Another reason Civil War's won this list. Um, but, man, it's so sad that Chadwick's gone because he was amazing in this role. It's like he was born to play it. It's fucking amazing. Um, Black Panther's a tough one for me, obviously. I am a white guy. Um, so, you know, I, I know a lot of people, this film meant a lot to them. But I'm just trying to look at it based on the film. I, I don't have it as highly as other people, I don't think. I don't, like, I like Killmonger as a bad guy. But I find his methods very, <laughs> very odd. Like he, I don't know, he, he comes to Wakanda, steals the crown basically, makes him destroy all of the flower that makes Black Panther's powers work. And I don't like that because there's this notion that there has always been a Black Panther, right? But then even looking back this is even more crazy right obviously Killmonger would know that there's not much of this flower going about so when he has him destroy it it's basically saying this is the last Black Panther now and now that Chadwick Boseman's gone canonically there's not really a way to have another Black Panther that annoyed me at the time and it looking back it annoys me even more um I think Killmonger's plan is really ill-conceived, even though its heart is in the right place. Um, it's a really great cast. It's an interesting story. Chadwick Boseman's fantastic. So where does it go on this list? Hmm. I'm kind of... I'm looking at this area of my list that's like... Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Daredevil, Spider-Man. And I'm thinking... Black Panther, for me, would feel good around there. Um, I think I would probably put Black Panther... Just below Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm... Because Guardians of the Galaxy, it really, really grows the universe in an interesting way. And Wakanda is one of the best places in the MCU. Um, but it's kind of like the more you see of Wakanda, like the less interesting it is, if you know what I mean. Like seeing all the mines underneath that are mining the asteroid, it's like, 
it just gives you more questions than answers. Um, whereas Guide of the Galaxy sort of... It's just more solid of an experience. I feel like... Um, Black Panther has ups and downs. I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy has less downs. I know the films above Guardians of the Galaxy on this list. Um, just less and less downs the more you, you look at them. So I think that's where I'm going to put it. So I'm going to put it below Guardians of the Galaxy. But above Daredevil. I think that feels good. So moving on. Ugh, Avengers Infinity War. Fuck me. Um... What a film, what an experience. But this was really, this two year stretch was like, it was such a pleasure to be a Marvel fan. Um, you get Infinity War and Endgame in the same two year stretch. Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther weren't far away from that. I mean, you look at these, this stretch of films here Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and another Spider-Man film. It's like, we were fucking spoiled. And I mean, we're being spoiled now as well, which I hope people realise. Um, but man, what a stretch that was. Seeing Infinity War in the cinema, and then knowing you had to wait another year to see the result, was one of the most insane experiences I've ever had in a cinema in my entire life um, and I think it goes on the very top of this list for now I don't see I don't see how it doesn't um, aside from just being a really really good film with a very dark tone Somehow it manages to balance like 40 characters um, successfully. Um, and it, you know, it's a film about Thanos, which shouldn't work. It's a film where the bad guy is the star. And he, he earns it, you know? Right, let me take us. This hot chocolate, by the way, because I started this a while ago, this hot chocolate's gone pretty cold now, so let me. Yeah, that's a cold chocolate. Ah, oh, wash it down with some Fanta. Good grief. Ah. What am I saying? Oh yeah, Thanos. What a great character. Shouldn't have worked because we first saw him at the end of the first Avengers, which let me look at actual dates on this. So Infinity War 2018. We first saw him six years ago with his big old stupid chin, giving a big cheesy grin. And uh, we had to wait a long time before we actually heard him say anything of importance. He's in, is he the first Guardians Galaxy? Talking to Ronan? Yes, he is. But that's a far cry from this guy. Infinity War is basically Thanos the movie, and it's fucking great. So it goes first on this list. So now this top three is number one, A. Uh, fucking hell. Avengers Infinity War. Number two, Captain America Civil War. And number three, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's my top three so far. Going into Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, which is a fun film. There's a lot of really good bits in it. 
but ultimately it doesn't really reach too high. It has to set up the Quantum Realm, which it does. It has to give us the Wasp, which it does, who is a really, really good character. And they do a really good job of showcasing her in this film. You know, coming out of the first film, they sort of tease the Wasp at the end. And it's good of them to just go straight into it in this film. Like, bang, she's already kicking ass. Just watch it happen. You know, show, don't tell. Fucking great. But the rest of the film, you know, Ghost as the bad guy is pretty, pretty bland. Uh, Walton Goggins in the film, and I love Walton Goggins, but he doesn't really do much. I'm, I'm looking in the bottom half, at least. Um... As much as I love Paul Rudd, let's see, where's Captain America the First Avenger? It's below that. Jessica Jones, below that. Below Guardians of the Galaxy, below the first Ant-Man, I think. Iron Man 3? I think it's below Iron Man 3. Thor? Is it better than Thor? No. The Punisher, that's low. The Punisher's low on this list. I guess the second season. You've probably already heard me talk a lot about that. Right, uh, I think maybe this little patch here, Thor the Punisher Iron Man 2. I think it's definitely above Iron Man 2, but I think it's below the Punisher. I'm gonna stick it in here. So in number 21 is the Punisher. I'm gonna stick Ant-Man and the Wasp just below that. Because, um, I mean, like I said, I love Paul Rudd, but the rest of the film just doesn't really... Uh, I mean, it, the thing is, it's perfectly placed in where it was released, right? Because you had Infinity War, which was this fucking depressing, hard-to-watch thing. And then you had Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was very inconsequential, just a bit of fun. And then at the end, they make you remember, oh no, shit's gone down. <laughs> um, so in that, it was like a... You know, after a big meal, you have like a mint. It was that, you know. Um, but when you're looking at it just as a film, it just doesn't, just doesn't pop, just doesn't pop. Um, okay, after I'm in the Wasp was Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's a weird one, right? Because it has, it has to introduce you to the scrolls, which is a huge part of Marvel. Um, the whole secret invasion is scrolls. It's one of the biggest storylines Marvel have ever had. So to just shove them in in this film, it's kind of crazy. It also has to introduce uh, film watchers to the Kree Empire, which is, by the way, something that Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. already did eat, like, years earlier. Yeah. Believe it or not, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had magic before the MCU did. They had a lot of spacefaring stuff before the MCU did. They did time travel before the MCU did, right? They had homosexual relationships before the MCU did. When they were showing it on screen in Endgame, you know, one of the directors in that, um, with Captain America in that, uh, what they call, in that support group, where he's talking about going out with another man. And the article's like, Endgame depicts the first homosexual relationship in, in Marvel. Uh, nope. Marvel's Legends of the Shield, like, season two. Already did that. <laughs> really annoying. Um, 
Agents of Shield just didn't get its due, man. Just didn't get its due. Speaking of Agents of Shield, Coulson is in Captain Marvel. So that's cool as well. Captain Marvel. I don't particularly love Captain Marvel. Um, I like the amount of Nick Fury we get in it. And I think Carol Danvers isn't, isn't too bad of a character. I think a lot of people shit on her, but I don't think she deserves that. Um, it's just weird that she just is like so much more powerful than everybody else. I understand why people don't like that. Um, so, Captain Marvel. I'm looking at around where I just put Ant-Man and the Wasp for this, you know. Because I think her character is very important. Um, I don't know if they actually set it up well enough. So we got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Just below Ant-Man and the Wasp is Iron Man 2. I think Iron Man 2 is probably better than Captain Marvel. Thor the Dark World. <laughs> Thor the Dark World. Um, oh, it's hard to say, right? Because I do like that final action sequence and retroactively they made Thor the Dark World very important. So I kind of feel like Captain Marvel goes below Thor the Dark World. Just below Thor the Dark World on this list currently is Iron Fist. In 25th place. Does it go below Iron Fist? I think Iron Fist Season 2 is more interesting than Captain Marvel is. Oh, but it introduces the Skrulls. Who are legitimately interesting of a race and really good characters shapeshifting aliens that can become anyone plus they keep teasing them you know at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home and at the end of WandaVision we see some scroll action which is important so yeah I think Captain Marvel's going to go above Iron Fist I mean it's still low on this list but I mean relatively low so that will put Captain Marvel in 25th place just underneath Thor the Dark World um, for me on my list so next up we have Avengers Endgame uh, which goes in first place I don't mind telling you that this film makes me cry every time that I see it and I've seen it many times um, I mean it's, it's such a good film you get everything you want as a Marvel fan. You get callbacks to the original Avengers. The universe has progressed in an interesting way. You know, it will be so easy for after Infinity War for them to have come up with a way to just reverse time so it never happened or something like that. But no, this universe lives without half of it for five years. And what's really interesting is that Phase 4 hasn't ignored that. It's very much exploring that as a theme. So, it, you know, anyone who thought, oh, it's a cop-out that everybody came back at the end of Endgame, it's not. Because we're fully exploring the impact that this uh, event has had on the universe. And it's monumental. They're not glossing over it. Which they could easily have done, you know. Uh, that was maybe one of the worries going into Far From Home when it's like, 
Okay, everybody's back from the blip, and let's go on holiday with Spider-Man, you know. <laughs> but no, they're, they're dealing with it now. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it when I talk about the Disney Plus shows, but they have very much been dealing with the aftermath of Endgame, which is good because it feels like that event should reverberate going forwards. Um, I cry every time... Uh, at the very end when we see Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter dancing I can't help it Steve finally got his happy ending he was a little bit selfish for once he learned that from Tony and he he's just Captain America is my favourite character in the MCU right as I've already said and to see him grow like people who don't watch the MCU will just say oh these Marvel movies are the same oh Captain America Oh, look at me, I throw a shield. Oh, all these characters just flying around. You can't identify with them at all. It's like, no, no. We see Captain America change and evolve and accept that there are shades of grey in the world and adapt to those. You know, at the start of um, Age of Ultron, we hear him say language. And then in this film, when he sees a younger version of himself, he's like, son of a bitch. Like, he's, he's changed, you know? He's not that Boy Scout anymore. He's become a complex and interesting character, but he still has enough in him to hold Thor's hammer he is worthy um, I fucking love Endgame man it, it proper clips along as well when you when you rewatch Endgame you know what bits are coming but it's just like bang 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 they're non-stop the film just clips along you know when you start watching the time heist bit before you know it you're at the portal scene which is I mean probably the greatest scene I've ever seen in the cinema when those portals open you know Falcon says on your left and then everyone's coming out Ebon Bay starts getting chanted that music is unbelievable and then they finally say Avengers Assemble on screen at the perfect time that moment where both armies are running at each other in the battle clash I thought the film was going to end I was like, no way can it keep going, right? The music builds to this place where it feels like it's going to cut to black. But then it just keeps going, and it's like... It's such... Oh, man. Okay, I want to watch Endgame now. But I can't, because I have to finish this list. <laughs> Avengers Endgame is number one on this list right now. Um, I don't think anything's going to knock it off the top. I think it's still some films to go though that could be in that top few but for me Endgame is unlike any other film it's the culmination of 10 years of being in love with something and just so much catharsis and gives you exactly what you want and again it's not a throwaway people were gone for five years just because they didn't die permanently doesn't mean there aren't repercussions and I think that alone keeps Avengers Endgame interesting now you know two years later so that's Avengers Endgame uh, moving on to the final film in phase three Spider-Man Far From Home what a charming film uh, I remember seeing this in the cinema and being very sad <laughs> because it's you know it's young Peter Parker 
and young MJ, and they're all flirty and awkward and ooh, will they, won't they, and all that stuff. It's just so effortlessly charming. And it makes me sad because I haven't had that for a long time, you know, especially now we're still in a fucking pandemic. It's like, where would you have meet cute somebody? There's nowhere. <laughs> and if you did meet cute somebody, there's somebody who probably is ignoring uh, self-isolation, which is bad. It's a bad thing. Um, but I think it's a really fun movie. I think Mysterio is a cool character. And obviously, the end of the film, where Spider-Man's identity is revealed, is integral to No Way Home. Which is important. Because No Way Home is a good film. It's going to do well on this list. I don't need to tell you. Um, and retroactively, looking back at Far From Home... It's even better because of that. So I think it's going to be pretty high on this list. Let me see. Let's start Let's start the other one. So Spider-Man Homecoming is currently 12th. I think Far From Home, for me, is better. So let's go up. Daredevil. I think it's higher than Daredevil. Black Panther. For me, it's above Black Panther, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy... Hmm. Nick Fury's in it as a scroll. That alone is a fucking awesome thing to think. That we have a scroll version of Nick Fury. Uh Hall's an awesome bad guy. It also has a bit of Um A bit of like Tony Stark remembrance, which is good. Again, dealing with the fallout from Endgame. Because characters did die in Endgame. Right, I'm gonna... I think for me... Spider-Man Far From Home is above Guardians of the Galaxy. But it's not above Iron Man. I don't think. I'm gonna stick it number 9 on this list. Um, you know, I love the character of Spider-Man. And I'm really glad he's in the MCU. Um, and I always have. So I think I'm rating Spider-Man higher than other people will. That said, I don't think anything knocks Endgame off the top of this list. As as much as I love No Way Home, even though it's just out, um, it's not gonna it's not gonna knock Endgame off the top of this list. <laughs> uh, oh, that's the end. That's the end of Phase Three. So phase three ends with Spider-Man Far From Home. So our list thus far, there are 30 things on it. Well, let me take a sip of Fanta before this. <clears throat> Do I go top down or? Yeah, let's go top down. So our list starting from first, going all the way down to 30th. We have Endgame, then Infinity War, then Captain America Civil War in third, then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then Thor Ragnarok in fifth, then Captain America the Winter Soldier in sixth, followed by The Avengers, then Iron Man, then Spider-Man Far From Home, then Guardians of the Galaxy in tenth. Eleventh is Black Panther, twelfth is Daredevil, 
Spider-Man Homecoming is 13th, then Avengers Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Agent Carter, Captain America the First Avenger, Jessica Jones, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, then Ant-Man in 20th. Our final 10. In 21st place, Iron Man 3. 22nd place, Thor. Punisher is in 23rd. Ant-Man and the Wasp, 24th. 25th place is Iron Man 2. Thor The Dark World is 26th. 27th is Captain Marvel. 28th is Iron Fist. 29th is Luke Cage. And 30th place is The Incredible Hulk. That's it coming out of Phase 3. Now we have Phase 4 left. Obviously, Phase 4 is still ongoing. Uh, so we can only judge up until where we're at. But this is, you know... This list is going to be hammered in from 2021 onwards. So... All I have to do is just keep updating it every single year and then you'll have the ultimate my MCU ranking. <laughs> but for now, let's go in to phase four. Who's been messing up everything? Sparky too. <laughs> We're beginning with WandaVision, which is the first of the Disney Plus series, which I think have been very good, personally. Um, WandaVision is a very interesting show, very weird. Uh, it's, it's another one of those things Marvel just wanting to do things super differently and succeeding at that. People who whinge that Marvel films are very formulaic um, obviously haven't seen any in about 10 years because <laughs> they take more risks than most other studios have thought about doing in their entire, you know, 100 year lifespan. <laughs> I think when I look at a show like WandaVision, which is set in the same universe, all the Marvel stuff. And then I look at the trailer for the Batman. I'm like, the Batman just looks so boring. Oh, it's another Batman film. We know exactly how every fucking Batman film goes. But you don't know how the next Marvel thing's going to go. Because they're all different tonally and content-wise. And I love that about the MCU. And WandaVision is a great example of that. So where does it fall on this list? I think for the vision quote alone, um, what is grief but love persevering? For that alone, it's one of the best range things that Marvel have ever made. I think I rate it fairly highly, at least top half, at least top half for sure. Um, it's probably going to be easier comparing against the TV shows than the films. 
Like I'm looking here, number 12 is Daredevil. And I'm finding it a lot easier to compare it to Daredevil than to say Spider-Man Homecoming. I think it's just below Daredevil. And just above Spider-Man. I think that's what I'm sort of sort of uh, leaning towards here. That one division goes into 13th place just below Daredevil and just above Spider-Man Homecoming. Feels like a good place for it to me. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, this is another one of these Disney TV shows. Um, except for me, and I think I'm in the big minority on this. For me, it's better than WandaVision. I think for me, this is the best one of the shows they've done so far. They have so much to explore with Bucky and with Sam. And they do it really well. And I mean, I, I come at this from a place of Captain America being my favourite. And him, his death in Endgame. Or I guess implied death by the end of Endgame. Um, I want to see the characters that cared about him explore that. Because he was my favourite as well. And he's, you know, their favourite person. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. The bit at the very end, like... You know, the whole show has been Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it's been dealing with the fact that Steve chose Sam to be the next Captain America. Um, and then at the very end, after the credits, when it says Captain America and the Winter Soldier, that I get choked up just thinking about it. <laughs> because it's, it's... The show shows you Sam gradually becoming that but then by the end it, it's like you know Marvel don't have an easy job here right Captain America is the symbol of America for many people it's, I mean even if you know it's literally America <laughs> he is Captain America and to make that character black is not easy in this day and age right with all your Black Lives Matters and all the inherent racism still very present in the world for a cap for a Captain America to be black. Marvel really took their time and explored what it would mean for that to be the case, and they really made Sam Wilson take the time and really ease into that character. To the point where when the credits roll and you see it pop up Captain America and the Winter Soldier it feels very earned. It's like, you know, Marvel took their time to get there. They took, what was it, six episodes. Um, so you're looking at 45 minutes per episode. Four and a half hours of them easing you into the reality that this is the case. And by the end of that show, you're like, yeah, he is Captain America. Sam Wilson is Captain America. And it's f it's fucking great. It mean it means a lot to me, loving that character to see the mantle passed on, with such giving it such reverence and the respect that it deserves. So I'm gonna rate it higher than One Division. Um, I think for me it's probably the best of the Marvel shows that we've gotten this year. I think I'm in the minority with that. I would say let's look let's look at this let's let's look at that. Um, we got Black Panther in eleventh. 
Guardians of the Galaxy in 10th. Spider-Man Far From Home in 9th. Is it better than Far From Home for me? For my specific... You've got Zemo dancing. The Return of Sharon Carter. Madripoor being included in the MCU. think I put it above Far From Home, you know. I think I put Falcon and the Winter Soldier in ninth place on this list. That puts it just below the original Iron Man. Um, and just above Spider-Man Far From Home. I think that feels right. I, I rate this show very highly. Um, I think people slept on it. Uh, that moment at the end where it flashes up Captain America and the Winter Soldier is a real feel-good moment for me. It's like a fist bumping, like, yes, he did it, <laughs> type of thing, uh, and I love it. So Falc Falcon and the Winter Soldier goes in ninth place on that list. Um, next up is Loki. Uh, season one, as we found out, we, we found that this show's going to get a season two. Uh, Loki was really good. Um, unfortunately, it suffered a lot though from. It all feels like a soundstage, which is a shame. Um, you know, that scene where uh, Loki and Sylvie are running through a town which is basically falling apart because it's in an apocalypse. None of it feels real, it all feels very fake. And because of that, some of the uh, some of the, the show feels inconsequential. I think the character of Loki is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. And Owen Wilson as Mobius is absolutely delightful. Uh, Sylvie is a really cool character, and when you see Kang the Conqueror at the end, what an introduction for a, a huge Marvel villain! Like, I don't know how they could have done that any better. It's, it sets you up with the warning. Sylvie doesn't heed that warning. And it really, really put, puts you on the edge of your seat for a potential season two. I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be season two or if it was just going to be now Kang exists in the Marvel Universe. But no, they're going for a Loki season two. I kind of hope that Kang, as a villain isn't just locked in these Loki shows because he could be the next Thanos easily he, arguably he should be <laughs> uh, but Loki is kind of it's the first rung on this ladder that I guess the ladder doesn't really have a top right but the bottom of the ladder is Endgame where you think after you come out of Endgame you think that's it how can there be another Marvel film after this? We've explored so much. We've seen the entire universe with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Planets here, planets there, alien races, left, right and centre. Thanos has been the most powerful being in the universe. He snapped his fingers and half of all life in the entire universe was gone. We can't ever get higher than that. And Loki straight away is like, uh, the Infinity Stones mean nothing and we can change the timeline at will. It's like, holy fuck, okay. 
also I thought you couldn't go any further in one direction with the, the cinematic universe and you said sure but then there's like a thousand other directions that we could go and obviously like you know time travel and multiverses and timelines and dimensions all that stuff is getting explored now you know you spend 10 years in the MCU thinking it's one thing and then afterwards once this once it all culminates in Endgame they start to show you the other things where it could go and it's like holy shit this universe was always one million times bigger than we thought we're just now getting introduced to it and it's so fucking juicy and I fucking love it um, and Loki was our first introduction to that you know when Loki's looking through that drawer and there's Infinity Stones in there and um, Pillboy from The Good Place I don't know his character <laughs> in the show um, he's like oh yeah we've got a bunch of those guys use them as paperweights it's like holy shit the Infinity Stones which were for 10 years of our lives the pinnacle of power in the entire universe they mean nothing now that's where we're at and it's like such an such an insane place to take this series where people who aren't Marvel fans like you're still into that Marvel shite it's like yeah they're, they're cranking up to 11 it's better than it's ever been it's so such an interesting universe to be a fan of I fucking love it and Loki is was the first one that sort of cracked that open that being said it does have that problem of everything feels like a green screen or a soundstage. Um, while I think Kang the Conqueror is a fucking fantastic villain, for me, the show as a whole didn't really deliver. Um, while I think the storyline and implications are really cool going forwards, I think watching it week to week wasn't that exciting for me. Um, so I'm gonna it's definitely going lower than Falcon and the Winter Soldier I think it may go lower than one division as well but only just so one division on my list right now is 14th place um, just below one division is Spider-Man Homecoming and then below that is Age of Ultron Loki above Age of Ultron how does that feel in my brain um, you know I don't I don't love it I think Age of Ultron is really underrated so what's below Age of Ultron Doctor Strange is below Age of Ultron I feel good putting Loki just above Doctor Strange on this list so it will be Avengers Age of Ultron then Loki then Doctor Strange I think that feels good. Doctor Strange is changing this universe as well. You know, they introduce magic for starters. Um, but um, Loki is changing it in a different way. With more seasons of these shows, like I don't know when they're coming out, but say I do another one of these next year, if there's been a season two of Loki, I will reevaluate the show based on an extra season. Um, but for now I think that feels good just above that strange just below Age of Ultron cool alright time for a sip of fun now. ah lovely um, 
Black Widow. Um, Black Widow. I'm going to put Black Widow pretty low on my list. I think Scarlett Johansson as that character is fantastic. And the character of Yelena, which we're introduced to in Black Widow, is an absolute breath of fresh air. As we've just seen as she's been in Hawkeye. Um, I should add, I'm recording this on the 20th of the 12th. The final episode of Hawkeye comes out in two days. So, who knows? Maybe... <laughs> Maybe this list will already be out of date two days from now. Uh, maybe I'll record an extra bit putting Hawkeye differently if it's good or... Ah, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but for now, Black Widow. Um, yeah, the character of Yelena Belova is fucking awesome. Florence Pugh is a delight. I'm so glad she's in this universe and she couldn't have been playing a better character. I mean, come on. Um, unfortunately, the rest of the film like it take so this Black Widow came out in 2021 Captain America Civil War came out five years ago and it's set before that and it doesn't really do anything to this universe to disrupt it it's like you know if the um, Black Widow is being freed had been a thing that had cropped up in previous films and we got to see the origin of it that would be great. The only other Black Widow we've seen is in uh, Shang-Chi, right? And that came out after Black Widow anyway. We see a freed Black Widow fighting a... Um, ex... Uh, guy from Iron Man 3? What are they called? Uh, the... Uh, oh no, my brain! Extremist soldiers. Are they extremists? I think it's that. Um... And that's a cool little Easter egg if you paying attention. But that's the only Black Widow we see, aside from in Hawkeye, which it does leave everything around the Black Widow film feeling like it doesn't matter, right? Like it's a side story. So I think because of that, Black Widow's going to be low on this list. Much as I love a lot of things about it, namely Scarlett Johansson coming back as his character and kicking ass, David Harbour's fantastic in that film as well. I think Taskmaster is a cool character. Um, curious to see if they bring them back. But Yelena is the star of the show. Ant-Man is in 23rd. Black Widow feels like around here would be pretty good for it, right? So Iron Man is in 24th. Thor is in 25th. The Punisher is in 26th and Ant-Man and the Wasp is in 27th. Oh, I see. Black Widow, is it better than Ant-Man and the Wasp? I think it probably is. I think while Ant-Man and the Wasp gives us the Quantum Realm stuff, the fact that Black Widow gives us Yelena who, judging by Hawkeye, is going to be a character in this universe going forward to keep an eye on. And it's always going to be a pleasure when they pop up. I think it's better that they give us that. It's more important. But the be is it better than The Punisher? John Bernthal's Punisher is amazing. And if he gets to be in the MCU, I will squeal with delight. 
Um, I think it goes below the Punisher, but above Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think that's what I'm leaning towards here. <clears throat> so it goes Punisher in 26th, Black Widow in 27th, Ant-Man and the Wasp in 28th. That feels good. I am a fan of that. Next, uh, what if? Ooh, what a weird, what a weird one to judge. So, what's crazy about what if? If it's is it's canon? <laughs> um, because we see the Doctor, the evil Doctor Strange from What If, turn up at the trailer at the end credits of Spider-Man No Way Home for Multiverse of Madness. So. It actually is canon, which is nuts. Um, unfortunately, I think the best episode of What If is the first one, the Captain Carter one. But it's fucking awesome. Um, and I, I think it's going to be fairly low. The problem with What If is it feels inconsequential, right? If nothing from what if ever turned up in the MCU films or live action, I, I don't think anyone would really care too much. The fact that it is turning up is both exciting and frustrating. Because um, it kind of means what if has to be taken seriously, which is kind of tough. I, the problem with what if as well is when you're first watching it, you know, that first episode with all the Captain Carter action scenes is fucking awesome. But then Arcane came out this year, which, if you've not seen Arcane, is maybe the best-looking animation I've ever seen in my entire life. And it really makes What If look bad. <laughs> the animation in What If looks terrible now, looking back after Arcane. Which really hurts it. Um, I'm going to put it low I'm going to put what if let me look okay so the very bottom of this list is Incredible Hulk it's obviously better than that uh, then Luke Cage is what if better than Luke Cage yes I think it is is what if better than Iron Fist Captain Carter's really fun. Iron Fist Season 2 goes pretty hard. I think it goes below Iron Fist, you know. That's what my gut's telling me. My gut says that Marvel's What If is 33rd on this list. Below Iron Fist, but above Luke Cage. And that's what my heart is telling me. I am sorry, everybody. Again, at Game Banter on Twitter. Come and tell me how I'm going. Uh, number 29 uh, on this list of films. Phase 4 is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. What a great film. Uh, they have to do a lot in this film. They have to introduce you to a pocket universe which is ruled by a big dragon. <laughs> they have to introduce you to the actual Mandarin. Um, 
and they have to introduce you to the Ten Rings as not just a criminal society but as a weapon and they have to make them worth it and they do all of it incredibly well it's got a really good heart to it um, the villain at the end you know the whole film just ends with a big CGI dragon battle which really brings it down in my in my opinion but the rest of the film is incredibly solid and Simu Liu is he's an absolute star just so effortlessly charming and charismatic and Aquafina in this film is a delight the, the idea that those two are like linked as well like if you see Shang-Chi somewhere you're also going to see her Katie is amazing I love the idea that Shang-Chi is a member of the Avengers and so is Katie because he can't go somewhere without her you know <laughs> and they're not a couple they're just friends and I love that um, I love a lot about Shang-Chi so I'm going to rate it highly on this list so let's see so let's look around around the top 10 let's see so the bottom of the top 10 right now is Spider-Man Far From Home is Shang-Chi better than that I think it probably is yeah uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier while I really enjoy it I do think that's some of my bias so I I think objectively Shang-Chi is above that uh, number 8 is the original Iron Man I don't think Shang-Chi breaks past that for me um, but I mean that's strong company right like, if you're going to tell me it goes Iron Man, Shang-Chi, then that's, that means Shang-Chi is pretty fucking good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that feels good. So my top 10, Shang-Chi's in it. So that's good for him. Good for him. What a film. Kind of unexpected as well, right? Just kind of came out of, not nowhere, because it's a Marvel film. It's not like some indie film with no advertising but it kind of with if you're going with no expectations you came out very pleasantly surprised from chang chi as i did um okay moving on to the 30th mcu film to be released eternals um i saw this in london with a friend of mine um and it was all right it's probably the um probably the least impactful Marvel film even though what happens in the film is kind of insane right uh, but if you look at the past like say 10 movies we've had which is uh, Shang-Chi which is an amazing introduction to a brand new hero Black Widow which is an amazing introduction to a brand new hero in Yelena as well as Scarlett Johansson's movie last century you got a Spider-Man film Endgame Captain Marvel who's one of the strongest characters in the entire universe another Ant-Man film with the delightful Paul Rudd Avengers, Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok uh, so if you look at the last like 10 films to go from that to Eternals feels like a proper downer um, even though what happens in Eternals is crazy anytime you see a picture of the Earth now in the MCU there has to be a dead Eternal sticking out of it 
because canonically there is one. <laughs> and I think that's fucking awesome. Um, the, the problem is, somehow with these films, like Guardians of the Galaxy, that have, you know, quite large casts, they manage to balance those quite well and have them all feeling pretty unique. By the end of The Eternals, they all don't really have too much unique about them. They all just kind of are there. Um, which is kind of a shame. They don't really leave too much of an impact. But I think what they do in that film is less about those characters and more about the, the universe building. I stab, like we'd heard of Eternals because Peter Quill's dad was one. You know, Ego the Living Planet is an Eternal. He tells him in that film. So we've heard of it before as well as, you know, Nowhere being an Eternal's skull. Um, but to actually flesh that out in this film is important for the universe going forward. So it's vital in that sense and I mean the idea that anytime we see the Earth in a Marvel film from now on, we might also see a dead Eternal sticking out of it is pretty fucking cool. Even if none of the characters really uh, are that exciting. And apparently I didn't clock this at the time and um, because I don't know too much about that side, but I guess Blade makes a cameo right at the end. Someone talks to Jon Snow. What? His name's not Jon Snow, Jesus Christ. Kit Harrington's character. Someone talks to him at the end. I guess it was Blade. I didn't recognise it as uh, Mashahala Ali, his voice. Um, but there are people who have analysed it and they say it's definitely him. Um, so that's pretty cool. They're setting that up as well. I just think it's more about setting up than it is about its characters and story which is a shame and leaves it feeling uh, less essential which is I think of all the films on this list this is probably the one least will have seen because they will have been like oh, I saw the trailer for that and it didn't really light me up there are cool things in it if you haven't seen the Eternals and you just weren't asked about spoilers which is why you were listening to this an Eternal starts to birth from the Earth's core and they manage to kill it midway through but it's still a dead Eternal is now sticking out of the Earth you should look it up, it's fucking cool <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty pretty cool but it, as a film it's going to be pretty low on this list I'm looking down at the bottom here um, Iron Fist, What If, Luke Cage and The Incredible Hulk are the bottom four. Is Iron Fist better than The Eternals? Yes, it is. Uh, is Eternals better than What If? I think it is. What If is a bunch of side stories, whereas Eternals is actually about this universe and the things it introduces are actually cool. So I think... Eternals goes above what if on this list. Uh, okay, two things left. Hawkeye. Hawkeye is a show I am really enjoying. There's one episode left at the time I record this. If something happens in that final episode that makes it amazing, I may bump it up this list, in which case, at the end, there'll be a bit where I talk about it. But if there's not a bit at the end, then it, it doesn't change my opinion. 
Um, the last episode we saw ended with Wilson Fisk being revealed um, as present in the MCU, which is exciting. But I... I saw Spider-Man No Way Home before I saw that. So for me, in Spider-Man No Way Home, when Matt Murdock appears, was so far out of left field, it's insane. I feel like if you saw Hawkeye and you're like, Wilson Fisk's in it, wow! Then when you saw Matt Murdock in No Way Home, you'd have been like, ah, okay, okay. But from absolutely no confirmation that any Netflix characters will be in it, to seeing Daredevil in No Way Home, holy shit. That was like, that moment in No Way Home is the first moment that like, that sets you up for all the rest of the amazing moments in that film. But for me especially, I think the thing is, right, I saw the 8.30 show in a Spider-Man No Way Home on the morning it came out in IMAX. As soon as it finished and we had our first credit sequence, I turned my phone on and went on Twitter. The first thing I saw was trending hashtag Kingpin, right? So people had woken up Wednesday morning and watched Hawkeye and were tweeting about it. Whereas I woke up on Wednesday morning, saw Spider-Man No Way Home, saw Daredevil in that before I even knew Kingpin was in the MCU. And so yeah, so I think I had the best possible experience with that. That's just me bragging about that. Um, I think even aside from introducing the Netflix characters like in a more robust capacity, Hawkeye is important for exploring this character who they've made fun of in the past, you know? Uh, is it... Yeah, Age of Ultron. Scarlet Witch straight up says, pretending to care about this guy really brings the team together. Uh, obviously she's joking because they're best friends, but he has been kind of the butt of the joke. And this is another one of those shows that deals with what happened in Endgame with reverence and it takes it seriously, which is what you want if you're a fan of these films. Um, you know, it, it feels like the death of Natasha is being swept under the rug by some people. You know, everyone's calling Hawkeye a hero wherever he goes. But he knows that Natasha's the real hero and he's sort of sad that people don't acknowledge her as that we see it on screen it's fantastic Kate Bishop played by Hayley Steinfeld is an absolute delight I've loved her ever since uh, True Grit which is a film I actually didn't like but I loved her in it so any opportunity I've had to see her in things I've always been really excited for she's, she's in the same sort of class as Caitlin Deaver in that respect where now if I see her name on something I know it's got quality and to see her in the MCU acting alongside Florence Pugh as these characters clash in and bouncing off each other. Mwah! Amazing. I fucking love it. I think Hawkeye is fucking great. Um, I'm only five out of six episodes in. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is tenth on my list. It may actually be better than it, you know? Because Falcon and the Winter Soldier is kind of a... If you don't include the, like John Walker stuff where he becomes US agent at the end... Um, it's got more going on and it's got the Christmas angle as well which I'm a big sucker for um, oh, so Hawkeye do you go above Falcon the Winter Soldier on this list um, 
see. This is where I run into trouble because I, I do want to put it above, but at the same time, I'm hesitant. Because I love that ending to Falcon and Soldier when watching Falcon become Captain America is a joy. Well, this exploration of this character in Hawkeye, I legitimately do love. I think I'm going to put Hawkeye below Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it's not a knock at all on Hawkeye. I just feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, has more going on aside from just the obvious plot points. You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye are both, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier loved Steve Rogers, Hawkeye loved Black Widow, and they're all dealing with that, which makes them all interesting in that way. But Falcon and the Soldier is also focused on what happened on people because of the blip. And because of that, it has an extra dimension. Like, you know, Sam Wilson unable to get a loan from a bank, even though he's saved, helped save the universe. Um, it's like more interesting and bet, a better thing to better to think about after the fact like it lingers with you you know that idea whereas Hawkeye as much as I love the characters that they're introducing it doesn't have that same sort of uh, death or profundity so I think yeah Hawkeye below Falcon with the Soldier is good okay so now we move on to the very last film Spider-Man No Way Home. <sighs> wow. What a fucking film. What a... What a trilogy of films these Spider-Man films have been. I mean, I say that. We've had Spider-Man in tons of films. <laughs> he's in Infinity War. He's in Endgame. He's in Captain America Civil War. It's not like we've just had three Spider-Man films. <laughs> but where they leave the character at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home... is so exciting... It feels like, you know, these previous Spider-Man films, we've had the Tobey Maguire trilogy and the Andrew Garfield 2 films. Those Spider-Men were all in the same place. Um, Say, so, you know, they were the Lone Wolf Spider-Man. They were the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man who goes around saving people by himself. And then we got uh, our MCU Spider-Man with Tom Holland, who we got to see him be friends with Iron Man and be part of the Avengers and and all this awesome shit he's involved in the events of Endgame when he goes to space and fights Thanos on a different planet and all this cool shit and it's like how can they bring him back to be in this friendly neighborhood Spider-Man how can every Spider-Man film not deal with the end of the world because this character's threat level has been lifted up so high that now an Avengers level threat is the only thing big enough to make a film about but now now that his role has been reduced now that the universe has forgotten who Peter Parker is now it just feels like Spider-Man is just able to have these smaller stories now like you could have 
a Spider-Man movie where Kingpin is the antagonist and he has to also contend with Daredevil. Very, you know, street-level crime type plot, but you can do that now. They, they would make it feel natural that it could be that way. Um, and I love that. We've had all these films, all this wish fulfillment. Oh, we wish we could see Spider-Man interact with all the Avengers, all the shit. We've had all that now. We've had Spider-Man literally able to craft his suit from nanoparticles on a whim because he was the protege of Tony Stark. Now we just get, he has to make his own costume and he has to figure it out for himself. And it's so masterful. And that's to say nothing of the actual film, which is fucking amazing. Seeing all three Spider-Men interact, seeing these villains again. Willem Dafoe is still incredible as Green Goblin. When they're fighting in the apartment building and Green Goblin picks him up and he basically like spine busters him through six floors... It's fucking awesome. It's fucking so fucking cool. <laughs> Tom Holland in this film as well is also incredible. His performance is like heartbreaking. He, this is the kind of performance that he could easily be nominated for an Oscar for. I've never seen somebody cry that convincingly. <laughs> like, oh my God, you just want to hug him. It, it And he... He sells every emotion in this film perfectly. It's so good seeing Andrew Garfield back and Tobey Maguire back. I just... I can't say enough good things about this movie. So where does it go on my list? Um, so... My current top five... Is Avengers Endgame in first. Infinity War in second... Civil War in third, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in fourth, Thor Ragnarok in fifth. No Way Home. Is it better than Thor Ragnarok? I think it is. Yes. Does it go above Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think it does. Yes. Does it go above Civil War? Yes. I think it does. Does it go above Infinity War? No. It doesn't go above Infinity War for me. Infinity War was an event the likes of which we'll never experience again in our lifetimes. Like, when it gets to the bit in Endgame where it's like five years later... We've lived a whole year since the events of Infinity War, so we feel that time passage as well. Um, so having Infinity War end on that note, and then it's just bang, Thanos will return. Uh, I think that was special. Um, I do think this Spider-Man film is also special, but it's special in like an enclosed way, where this is a special film, whereas Infinity War f was like... It, it was like an experience outside of the film you had to live that film for a year so I think it doesn't beat Infinity War but it's still still very high up so we have a final list everybody that's it that's everything done there are 
39 things on this list. Um, I think we'll start off at the bottom this time. So the way this works, it's the last of a Fanta. Um, is that the thing at the bottom is the worst and the thing at the top is the best. Uh, I've tried to judge everything against each other, so I haven't, you know, every single thing on this list has been judged against every other single thing on this list in my brain. I hope that's been clear. So that when, like, you know, when Daredevil is where it is on the list, I've explained to you when something pushed it up or down, why it did that. And so I hope this feels like a pretty natural list to you all. Um, as I said before, I've never ranked the MCU stuff, so this is like a first for me. Uh, hopefully, I'm happy with it. So let's see. So, bottom of this list, in 39th place is The Incredible Hulk. Just above it, in 38th, is Luke Cage, the Netflix show. Uh, 37th place is What If. 36th is The Eternals. 35th is Iron Fist. 34th, Captain Marvel. 33rd, Thor The Dark World. 32nd place, Iron Man 2. 31st place, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And in 30th place is Black Widow. 29th place is The Punisher. 28th is Thor. 27th is Iron Man 3. 26th is Ant-Man. 25th is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. 24th is Jessica Jones. 23rd, Captain America, the first Avenger. 22nd, Agent Carter. 21st, Doctor Strange. So we're into the top 20, which goes as follows. In 20th is Loki. In 19th, Avengers Age of Ultron. In 18th, Spider-Man Homecoming. 17th place is WandaVision. 16th is Daredevil. 15th place, Black Panther. 14th place is Guardians of the Galaxy. 13th, Spider-Man Far From Home. 12th is Hawkeye. And 11th is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So now, we get in to my top 10 MCU films and shows. <clears throat> In 10th place, it's Shang-Chi. In 9th, the original Iron Man. In 8th, the Avengers. In 7th, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. In 6th, Thor Ragnarok. In 5th place, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In 4th, Captain America Civil War. 3rd, Spider-Man No Way Home. Second place, Avengers Infinite War. And in first place, the best MCU movie, Avengers Endgame. That's it. We're done. Wow. That took probably a lot longer than I thought. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it wasn't too boring to listen to. Um, if you did listen to this, thank you very much. Uh, it's always a pleasure to do podcasts. It, I fucking love it. I would do it every week if... If it was um, on the cards, but it unfortunately just isn't. Uh, 
you know, during pandemic times, it's hard to find the energy or the time or both or the subject matter. You know, to be frank, video games have been a pretty dire place the past few years. Um, and the other hosts of the Game Central podcast, uh, as it usually is, feel the same way. Um, the enthusiasm for talking about games just hasn't been there. Last year, my top five, I really loved all those games, but it was like a kind of a dire year to be talking about games, as has this year. 2021's been kind of depressing. But when it comes to Marvel, <laughs> 2021 has been fucking fantastic. And it's only going to get better going forwards, you know? So, that was my MCU ranking. If you disagreed with me, go to gamebanter.co.uk or find me on Twitter at gamebanter. That's probably the absolute best way to get in touch with me. Tell me how wrong I am. Tell me how right I am. Tell me Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is underrated. Or tell me I'm an idiot. I don't care. (laughs) But I'd love to hear from you. And that's it. I think maybe I could do this again next year. There'll only be a few things come out between now and then, hopefully. So it will be a fairly short just adding things onto this list and updating it as time goes on. But now that I have the list here, I can do that going forwards. And if you'd like to see a copy of the list, a link to it is embedded in the description for this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a very nice set of holidays coming up as we get to the end of the year and I wish you a very pleasant 2022 
battle's just begun We'll conquer the Chitauri Let you swarm when we're done Just how will we defeat them? We'll do it as a team First go unleash your lightning Then Natasha, that's your cue yes. Then Hawkeye hit the bullseye There's no better shot than you 